Hello and welcome to Dragon Bites, the paediatric podcast aimed at paediatric trainees or anyone interested in child health. I'm Asim, one of the presenters here at Dragon Bites and a paediatric trainee in Wales. Over the last few weeks, we've been lucky to have a series of lectures about transposition of the great arteries from Professor Orhan Uzun, fetal cardiologist at the University Hospital of Wales. This is the last lecture in that series, and this time he's going to tell us a little bit about congenitally corrected transposition of the great arteries. Anyway, let's get started. Do you have any specific dilemma or a difficulty uh, that you might have faced in the past? Well, um, so I, I recently came across um, a case of transposition of the great arteries that I hadn't considered before, which is a rarer form of it called the congenitally corrected transposition, um, which made me look at the whole um, the whole congenital defect entirely differently. So it suddenly changed from being one very simple idea in my mind to being actually probably a group of a couple of different conditions. Excellent point. I think we must separate out these two conditions. When we talked about transposition of the great arteries, we talk about dextro or detransposition or simple transposition. When we talked about uh, or when you mention, uh, mentioned about the congenitally correct transposition, then it is called L or liver transposition. They are completely different conditions. Liver transposition or congenitally correct transposition is less common and it is not a duct ductus dependent congenital heart disease and does not cause cyanosis. When we talk about congenital correct transposition, those patients do have what we call it double discordance. What discordance means, discordance tells us that the atrium and ventricle, they do not show their usual connection pattern. In DTGA or transposition of the great arteries, left atrium connects to the morphological left ventricle. But in congenitally corrected transposition, atrioventricular relationship is discordant. So atria of the left side, left atrium connects to a morphological right ventricle and on the right side morphological right atrium connects to the morphological left ventricle and it hasn't finished there is also ventricular arterial discordance so the left-sided ventricle this time has the features of right ventricle and pumps blood into the aorta. So ventricle and the artery is also not the usual position or usual arrangement. On the right side, we have morphological left ventricle, which connects to um, morphological left ventricle, which connects to 
a pulmonary artery. But in straightforward or detransposition of the great arteries, we have only ventricular arterial discordance. Atria and ventricle, or atriums and ventricles, are normally connected. But the ventricles and arteries are wrongly connected. In congenitally correct transposition, atria or atriums and ventricles are wrongly connected. Same applies to ventricle to arterial relationships. For, uh, correct me if I've got this wrong, but the way I'm, I'm picturing it in my head from what you described is, is this almost as if the, 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 the left ventricle and right ventricle got switched. So as you've got a right atrium leading to what is morphologically the left ventricle, um, and then that left ventricle pumps to the pulmonary arteries. So you can almost picture the right atrium and the pulmonary artery ha as having been in almost the right position if it wasn't for the fact that the right ventricle has been switched with the left ventricle. So you've got a more muscular left ventricle now pumping to the pulmonary arteries. Have I got that, that half of the heart correct? Right, right, exactly, exactly. What I call this, to make it easy to understand, in detransposition, just the arteries swapped around. In corrected transposition, just the ventricles switched around. So this is very simple definition. So great arteries are switched in detransposition. They're coming from wrong ventricles. In corrected transposition, imagine the ventricles switched around, but the arteries stayed in their position. The one on the left stayed on the left, the one on the right stayed on the right in terms of sideness, not in terms of ventricles. So this is simplest way. The other descriptions will confuse you profoundly. I found this easier to understand. So if the right atrium connecting to the morphological left ventricle, which is located on the right side, it doesn't matter, does it? Still blue blood going into a chamber. And that chamber is pumping blood into pulmonary artery. So blue blood still comes into the right atrium, goes into a pump, which is left ventricle, and gets propelled into the lungs. So there's no difference in terms of where the blood normally goes. There is only difference which pump pumps blood into the lungs. That doesn't because matter as far as the right the lungs do not require right excessive pressure to push blood. The pulmonary pressure is only between 15 and 25 systolic. But now the left side, unfortunately, has to generate a pressure range between uh, 80 to 120 millimetre of mercury with the ventricle of right ventricular morphology. So imagine left atrium receives pink blood from the lungs, 
and that pink blood goes into the chamber which has the lesser strength of the right ventricle and pumps blood into the aorta but it is formatted and programmed to generate pressure between 15 and 25 maximum during exertion 30 40 but now we are putting that ventricle into a task to generate a blood pressure of 100 120 so in the long run or in the presentation these patients do not come to you with blueness because there is no mixing of pink and blue blood they're all completely separated are you following absolutely yeah because there's no because the, the the actual circulation in its in terms of flow is unaffected it's in serious because blue blood goes into the comes from body and goes from the body goes into the lungs and pink blood comes from the lungs to the left side and gets pumped into the main artery so it's in serious what could be the reason these patients come to medical attention well, given that the the left side of their circulation, so their left ventricle, which is actually morphologically the weaker right ventricle, is having to work so much harder for a prolonged period of time, you'd, you'd assume perhaps they would develop a degree of heart failure on that side. Absolutely spot on. Brilliant. That is the main concern and that's the main problem in the long run and why these babies or children or uh, adolescents may have exercise intolerance as a result of poor pumping action of the morphologic right ventricle and significant tricuspid regurgitation because the right ventricle becomes dilated quicker than the left ventricle and it cannot generate enough pressure by increasing its muscle thickness, but also dilates. And as it dilates, the tricuspid valve apparatus become separated from each other and the leaflet tips do not meet in the middle tightly and leads to tricuspid regurgitation, congestion, poor cardiac output, and leads to cardiac failure, which is seen in the clinic as breathlessness, exercise intolerance, fatigue, so on. That's the major, one of the major presentation. And the second presentation is relating to the conduction tissue and transposition of the great arteries. We do not have such pathology, mostly, but in congenital correct transposition, because the ventricles swapped around, bundle branches become quite stretched. So patients with congenital correct transposition may have rhythm problems, most commonly complete heart block or types of heart block. So rhythm problems occur in congenital correct transposition more often than it would occur in normal transposition of the great arteries. Also AV node location changes in congenital correct transposition which beyond the scope of this discussion, uh, it's something for electrophysiologists and cardiologists to consider, but AV node uh, in these patients become also quite abnormal. And uh, instead of AV node usually in the um, Cox triangle, 
and it is an anterior structure and it becomes posteriorly angulated. There is perhaps an academic interest, so IV node position also abnormal in these patients. With little manipulation, when you, when you do a catheter test or surgery, these patients tend to develop heart block and about a quarter of them, I would say, would develop heart block either during cardiac catheterization or post-surgery or in the course of uh, their lifespan, even without an intervention. And you've mentioned um, surgery there. What, what are the surgical options for, for treating this? You don't need to do surgery unless the person has significant tricuspid regurgitation or congestive cardiac failure. We leave them alone because the success rate with the proposed so-called double switch operation, double switch, Double switch means you have to switch the atria as well as the great vessels to treat congenitally corrected transposition of the great arteries and respond to patients' fatigue and congestive heart failure. But the mortality rate is between 10 to 25%. As a result of it, we are very selective in these patients. We leave them alone unless they are desperate. So double switch operation. The atriums are switched by using intra-atrial tunnels. So we redirect inferior and superior, superior cable venous return through the atrial septum into the left ventricle, but that left ventricle is on the uh, left side in terms of sidedness but has the rv morphology yeah and then pulmonary venous flow coming to the left atrium will be again tunneled into the right sided ventricle which has lv morphology uh, now what we did now left-sided atrium connects to the right-sided ventricle but that right-sided ventricle has the pulmonary artery now so we need to switch them too. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, because you've still got the great vessels linked to essentially the wrong ventricles or the wrong morphological ventricles. Yes, yes. But also now they receive, and um, what what they receive, they also receive wrong blood, and hence we need to switch them. It's a it's a major operation, quite sophisticated and major operation. It requires a prolonged period of preparation before even consider these patients as candidates for this kind of operation. They need to be prepared. Um, so you cannot just do operation. Um, it is a staged procedure. You need to prepare and train their morphological left ventricle, which is located on the right side, to take on the systemic circulation. Of course, because it hasn't been doing that for their entire lifetime. Correct. So we need to do a bit of bodybuilding on the ventricle. How would we do that? By creating deliberately a narrowing in the pulmonary artery. 
So we do band pulmonary artery. We make the pulmonary artery tight, tightly narrow, so that we can put more load on the left ventricle, right-sided left ventricle, to push itself harder to build up the muscle thickness. Once the left ventricle becomes thick enough and the pressure rises and uh, inside it, and we decide whether time has come to switch them. When we switch the atriums as well as great vessels, then we expect the meaty left ventricle, which is on the right side, morphological left ventricle, to be able to generate blood pressure of 100, 120, not to fail. And that's the that's the requirement. So it's not straightforward operation, preparation, assessment, um, waiting, then double switch operation. It, it, this is probably all beyond the scope of what um, trainees need, but it's so interesting. Absolutely. I, I think uh, for the interest of some uh, enthusiast or pediatric cardiology trainees, that might be relevant. But for uh, general pediatric trainees, we may leave this to the end of the discussion to say, um, if you wish to know more about CCTGA, uh, we're going to put our discussion at the end. And can I say yet again, thank you very much to Professor Orhan Uzun for taking his time to discuss transposition of the great arteries in so much detail with us. Now we've had a very heady few weeks here at Dragon Bites, so we're going to try and take it down a notch for next week. We got a chat instead with a fantastic trainee here in Wales by the name of Kellen Kenny, who also happens to do a lot of work doing Welsh language health promotion advice on the Welsh language channel S4C. And she's going to talk to us a little bit about the work she does. So be sure to tune in next week. But for now, thank you for listening to Dragon Bites. Thank you.